Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. I'm super excited to have Oleg on the podcast today. We have already spent 15 minutes <laughs> speaking before the podcast. And I, I always regret when I don't record the podcast right away because we always talk about so many inspiring okay. things often before we jump into the recording. But I'm sure that we are going to speak about a lot of other really exciting things today. Um, Oleg, first of all, hello and welcome. Thank you so Thanks. much for being here. Thank you. No, thank you for having me and thank you for creating this space as you and I were talking about this for really people to be heard and valued and more so understand that in whatever it is that they're sharing, that there's value to be learned from it and that other people can relate to. And that at the end of the day, I mean, we're all human beings trying to figure out this whole journey we call life. Yeah. And so I think for me, it only makes it that much better when I can connect with others who see life through a similar lens that I do. Yeah. Awesome. So before we jump into the first real question, I want to just okay. pick up our listeners a little bit. So it's um, one a little bit after past one o'clock um, California time. Where where are you located? Austin, Texas. It's Austin, three Texas. three seventeen. Mm -hmm. Three seventeen. And um, what have you been up to this morning before you? I I was very fortunate to have conversations with different universities that I will be speaking on on their campus in front of their student body population on the power of your story mm -hmm. and embracing one's individual identity. And as part of it, I mean, there's so many things to be grateful for. I think anytime you get a chance to have a conversation, even if it's with a best friend or someone else within this world that you were able to meet with, I don't take those things for granted mm -hmm. because I know that all those things can be taken away within seconds. Mm -hmm. and it is um, important for me to stay grounded and uh, help myself understand that the things that I'm experiencing on a daily basis, I mean, even my ability to get out of bed and walk from my bed to this um, sink and wash my hands or, or pour myself a glass of water, it, it's one of those things where you got to take, take yourself back and understand that there are people in this world that don't have those particular abilities. Mm. or that some sort of event happened and it was taken away from them. So for me, what I've been up to is really just enjoying life and choosing to be grateful for every single one of the things that happens. Yeah, awesome. And so tell us a little bit more about you. Um, what is your story? My story is that I was born in a foreign country, as you might be able to tell by the name. And the country that I was born in is called Russia. The town there is called Chibarkul, which is in the direction of Kazakhstan for anyone that's familiar with the map and its <laughs> geographic location. Yeah. I, I was born there and had lived there for uh, my first 12 years of my life. And as you and I spoke prior to this conversation, my first 12 years of my life were very different from the other 14 that I've been able to experience on this planet. And what I mean by that is during the first 12 years, I had experienced a lot of traumatic experiences mm -hmm. and tragedy. And so some of those situations involved 
being born and having your mom turn to alcohol. So my mom was an alcoholic for a majority of her life. And I, because of that, I didn't really have a place to stay, a permanent place to stay at times. I didn't have food. I didn't have shelter. And I really had to go figure it out uh, from a very young age. So I was about a four to five-year-old kid. I really had to become an adult. And one of the biggest lessons that I took away from that experience actually came back to me full circle about a year ago. And it was an event that we were hosting through this organization that I started here in Austin, Texas called Overcoming Odds. And the event was, it was a three, five to six hour experience. And during the experience, one of the things that we do is we give an opportunity for the audience to interact with the presenters. So ask them questions or facilitate some sort of workshops. And there was one kid that stood up and she said, I'm so grateful that I can be a child. I'm so grateful that I can experience childhood. Mm-hmm. And I literally sat there and I, I just broke down because for my longest time, I felt that my childhood was taken away from me mm-hmm. because I had to learn how to become an adult at such a young age because I didn't have people around me that could care for me in that particular way. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I shared that story is for two reasons. First is to show people where I was. And the second is to show people where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to look at your story and look at your past and use that as foundation, but also help yourself understand that your past doesn't have to define, define your present. It doesn't have to define your future. Mm -hmm. It is all a matter of perspective. It is all a matter of how you choose to look at your life on a daily basis. And when I was able to put myself in that shoe, in those shoes, everything had changed for me. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to when I was 12 years old and was able to be adopted by a family from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I came to the United States. I spoke no English. I knew nothing about this part of the world, but I always had this mindset that I can figure it out, mm-hmm. that it's possible. Like you and I started this conversation before. You know, I'm a huge believer in that. I think when you face a challenge or an adversity, try telling yourself that it's possible. Before you even start, before you start manifesting whatever actions you have to to solve that thing, just literally repeat to yourself, it's possible. It's possible. Because I think it's once you paint the vision of what's possible, that's when you actually simultaneously pave a roadmap to that thing. So after being adopted and kind of going through that process and learning the different things that I had to, such as family relationships, language, and stuff like that, I was fortunate to be set on this path and this journey where I started to dig deep within myself and start to ask myself the question of why me? Mm -hmm. Why was I put through all those challenges? What is there to learn from it? And for the longest time, I used to think that that answer has to come in this dramatic form, some fashion that's out of this world that I can't even imagine how one day I'll wake up and I'll find it. Yeah. And what I've learned was that that answer was always within me. And the answer was, if not you, then who else? Mm-hmm. And this might be relatable to a lot of the people that listen to your show. Really think about it. If not you, if it wasn't you that was meant to go through the things that you have, who else? 
It's not like you can go out on the street and wish that upon anyone else. Mm-hmm. So when I came to terms with that answer, that's when I was able to step into this space of really serving others and helping others recognize the uniqueness and the value within their own stories. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that our stories are probably the most valuable currency and yet the most undervalued ones. And the reason why is because I think we as individuals sometimes put ourselves in positions where we tell ourselves, Oh, my story is just like any other story. Mm -hmm. Oh, my story, my story has no purpose or I'm just like any other engineer. Well, the, the thing about that is cat. When you talk about the category of it, that may be true, but the role that you play with within this world and this life is completely different from the role that any other person that profession plays within that. Mm-hmm. Because every single one of us brings in our own energy. We bring in our own way of interacting with people and we bring in our own signature. We bring in everything about us is truly unique. I mean, when you really think about it, who, who we are as people, it's a miracle that we're even here. Yeah. Think about all the people that weren't born. Think about all the people that died at birth due to catastrophic experiences or today. And so I'm, I'm really in this position where I'm choosing to be grateful for all the things that have happened for me because that's the difference. Mm-hmm. They happened for me, not to me. And yeah. that's how I really choose to look at my life to begin with. Nice. And so tell us more about what is overcoming odds. I know I'm kind of jumping mm-hmm ahead of the things that I actually want to talk with you about. But since you mentioned it, and I think it's really important um, as part of your story, you have created this beautiful organization. So I would love you to speak a bit about it. Yeah. The organization had started about two to two and a half years ago, and it is called Overcoming Odds, which essentially at the core of it is a platform for people to be able to share their own individual stories and embrace the paths that they're on in life. And so what I've begun to do and how I actually started this organization to begin with was that prior to starting it, I had made a commitment to myself that I was not going to build another business where the first focus is going to be revenue. Rather, I was going to become the client of my business. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was a mindset that was not, um, it was not embraced by a lot of entrepreneurs and founders And in fact, the mindset that surrounded me was when you started a business, the first thing that you have to do is go find that first source of revenue. Mm -hmm. But I chose the other way. I said, no, I'm going to develop and I'm going to better understand what needs to be done in order to serve those that need to be served. And it took a long time to develop that. But I'll tell you this, that throughout that time, I've really gone through this journey and understanding the different things that make up overcoming odds. There are things that have been developed, the person that I've become and the character that I've built. No money can, there's not a single amount of money that can buy that. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part. I think when you build anything in life, anything that in life that is worth doing is worth overdoing. Mm-hmm. You have to step into it. You have to understand that all of this takes time, but just like a business idea does, and that is it evolves. I firmly believe that you as an individual should also evolve. 
So we created the space for really for other people to be seen, to be heard, and to be supported through community effort. Part of the work that we do is we have kind of a four-facet um, model. The first one is that when people engage with our content, it gives them an opportunity to share their story. So mm -hmm. part of our platform for those that have the opportunity to check it out, there's actually a space where people can share their own individual experiences. Mm -hmm. The other two that we have is podcasts, just like yourself. Uh, the third thing that we have for people to engage with is our events that we host around the country that focus on different themes and aspects of your story and your narrative. So to give you an example, one of the ones that we have coming up this year is called the courage to be you. Mm -hmm. And uh, fourth thing that we re recently just start is a weekly conversation uh, through zoom meetings free of charge that people can just join. And we try and have a topic each week that just really talks about what it means to be human so whether it's the art of listening or how to connect with others based on your story and based who you are. And so it's, um, it's a really interesting uh, space to build because I think when you build anything, in my opinion, you need to start off with the mindset that the client and the person that you're building it for is you. Because it's the only way, in, in my opinion, that you can really understand what needs to be built to begin with. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always curious when I talk to people, especially business owners, and I ask them about what it is that they do. And the follow-up question I always ask is, what hole is this fulfilling for you? And a lot of people struggle in answering that question. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because a lot of people build businesses based on someone else's assumptions and perspectives. Mm -hmm. And because and they probably want to make money as well, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's not necessarily right or wrong. It just is. Mm -hmm. It's just what ends up happening from my experience is that if you're a business owner, there comes a point, actually there come many points like this mm -hmm. on the journey where you're, you're going to be faced with the question of whether you stay in business or you go out of business. Mm -hmm. And you're the only one that can answer that. So in order to answer that, I think you have to know why did I start this to begin with? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we talked about this the first time we met about, you know, how challenging it is sometimes as a business owner to keep going mm -hmm. and to like, you know, overcome obstacles and things like that. And something that I've thought about really a lot um, since we talked is that, you know, the big, the more you grow, the more, the bigger the challenges will be. Yes. But also the question is, you know, why did you start it in the first place? And do you, are you really passionate enough about what you're doing to keep going? Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting perspective because when I had started, my level of passion is not the level of passion that I have now. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I've evolved so much from that point of view. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, you only know what you know at any given time. Yeah. Exactly. So at this point, my concept of what it means to be passionate is entirely based on only the things that I've experienced. Mm. If you ask me this in a year, presumably that I continue to invest in myself and grow every single day, my definitions can be completely different. Mm. And I think oftentimes you're right. 
we underestimate the process, but at the same time, we only know what we know. Mm -hmm. And I think with anything that is of great value, it's going to require great risk without a doubt. Mm -hmm. You will have to make sacrifices along the way, some of them that you haven't seen before or you've never encountered. That's why I think the whole thing of developing a strong toolkit and a mindset is extremely important because then you always have a foundation to go back to. Mm-hmm. And a network, network of people, and not people who are there to just support you professionally. I'm a huge believer that when I build a network, I just build one network. I don't choose to build a network and categorize it into personal, professional, gym buddy, not a gym buddy, mm-hmm. runner, not a runner. I, I just look at it as a human being. So whether or not you, you and I have a conversation once or 10 times, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that doing the 10 times, it gives us an opportunity to learn and better understand each other. But during the one time, it's the same exact interaction because I always choose to show up as who I am. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to um, shy away from because all of these are growth opportunities. And I think it, in my opinion of how I think of the network, that's what I view it. It's just, there's one hub. And I think if you're building a good network of people who are there to support you, you should never be able to question yourself of whether or not you can ask anyone within that network for help when the help is needed. Mm-hmm. So I used, and the reason why I say this is because I used to think this way. I used to think that, okay, this person is in my professional network network i can only ask x y and z of them Mm -hmm. or this person is my net personal network i can't ask them these certain things well here's the thing if you need help you need help Mm -hmm. so why does it matter just ask the person understand that they're a human being at the end of the day and whether or not they say yes or no to you isn't completely up to them based on where they are in their lives yeah, for sure. And um, that actually brings the next thing in that I wanted to talk with you about, because one of the mm-hmm. things that's, that's written on your LinkedIn profile is driven by results, motivated by improvement. And mm-hmm. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more of what that means for you. That's a really good question. So I wrote that as I was actually coming up with the name of our organization. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that line spoke to me and one of my friends actually helped me better understand it um, in in really helping me come up with that model for who I am. I'm a person that always, I always try and improve and not just for the sake of improving, but for understanding that I can do better, that I can do better than who I am today, that I can do better than what I knew a year ago, a day ago, whatever the time frame may be. So, Improvement drives me every single day. And the reason why it does is because I, I understand that all of us as human beings are not only meant to evolve, but we're continuously evolving every single day. And so no matter how, if we want it or not, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because in, is, in, an indecision is a decision at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Every time you say yes somewhere, you're simultaneously saying no somewhere else. Mm -hmm. so this whole concept of me improving 
it, it allows me to understand that I'm here to serve other people, that my story is not ultimately for me. My story is an entryway for other people to see their own stories. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of being um, driven by results and motivated by improvement, it, it's really just a, it's a model for who I am as a person. It's knowing that I'm always putting myself in positions where I'm there to evolve, to grow, to continue to see things from a different lens. Now, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy to do that. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over months, sometimes years. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it happens and the fact that I continue to tell myself that it's possible is the most important thing that I've learned along this journey Mm -hmm. is that whatever it is that I envision followed by it's possible as far as I can achieve that I find a way Mm -hmm. so the language that you use with yourself is extremely critical because it's the language that ends up building and creating all of the actions within your life Think about it. The times that you've told yourself you can't, mm-hmm. what followed that? Nothing. Yeah. You literally didn't, you couldn't do it. Yeah. And then the times that you told yourself, I'll find a way or I must do this. Your mind finds the way somehow. And it rarely comes in the shape that you envisioned it would come. It usually comes in some other form, mm-hmm. but it happens. Mm-hmm. All because of what you told yourself internally to begin with. And that's the thing. I think there was a line that's that I used to refer to almost every single day. And it was something along the lines of how can others believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Mm-hmm. Everything starts within you. Mm-hmm. And so if I choose to believe in myself, then I'm simultaneously going to pass on that vision and that message to other people that they can believe in themselves as well. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of people might be thinking now, okay, you just said that you started your nonprofit organization uh-huh. with really the goal of not how to, do I make money, but you know, how do I go out and help people? Yeah. And so, and then they read on your LinkedIn profile driven by results. So, so what kind of results are you talking about? What, what results do you measure your success mm-hmm. against? Well, you know, for me, uh, success is based on this mindset that a friend of mine had introduced me to, and it was one person at a time, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. So the results that I really choose to focus on are the interactions and the spaces that I get to be a part of on this, on every day basis. Okay. Yeah. So a conversation that I'm having right now, conversation that, that I may have with another person down the road, I always choose to be in that moment mm-hmm. and really choose to not occupy my mind with other things that, that I may have going on for the rest of that day or that week or that month, mm-hmm. but really choose to give that time, the time and the energy and the space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I am remembered by, by from other people because when I've even asked other people, how do you remember me? Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that people, especially some of my friends, have said, you're one of those people that when you get into an Uber 
and you've never met that person before, you choose to ask them the questions of why do you do what you do? What is your life about? What brings you joy? And the reason why I ask that is because I've learned a long time ago that we as individuals have very few spaces in life or where we really can talk about the different things that we go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about this whole concept of driven by results, it's really just being driven by the fact and this mindset of one person at a time, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It's choosing to look at it from the point of, of view where for me, results do not result or equal to likes, comments, shares, or any other form metric that you can use. Mm -hmm. Results are things that I can truly do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I can truly choose to be in this conversation. Mm -hmm. The other things I can't control. If the person didn't see your post, it doesn't mean that your post doesn't have any value. Mm -hmm. All it means is that that person was busy, busy at that particular time and place. Mm-hmm. and they might have seen a hundred other posts before and they got exhausted mm-hmm. I've reading all the other ones so yeah. it's um it was a difficult concept to embrace because at first i did think that impact was measured by numbers mm-hmm. i did think that impact was measured by the number of likes the number of comments number of shares what other other metric you may have But then what I realized was that impact is completely defined by you, just like success is. To me, success does not mean having a a fancy car, having a big house, having money. To me, success means having an opportunity to have a conversation with one other individual and being able to experience life through their perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be successful in my eyes. Mm And as part of it, what I'm also learning to understand and really embrace is that every single one of the days, I have a choice when I wake up to choose myself that I'm to tell myself that I'm successful. Mm-hmm. That there's, it's not going to be this magical moment 20 years down the road when quote unquote all this work pays off. Mm-hmm. You have a choice to do it now because success is not a destination, success is a process. Mm-hmm. And that's what I choose to really believe and connect with when it comes to who I am as an individual at at heart. Mm. Nice. Um, One of the things that I thought was really interesting as well when we talked for the first time was that how you define stress and how you manage Uh stress and how you develop, like how you told me how you develop your own resilience. And I would love you to share that with the listeners as well. Yeah, that's a really fascinating question. So the the way that I actually came to that understanding was when I came to the United States, when I was adopted into this family in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we used to have a parakeet right next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, um, I had this parakeet next to my bed for like two or three years. And one of the things, because I was a teenager and, um, I didn't really like cleaning the whole, the whole concept of cleaning the cage and laying the bird. In fact, I was terrified of the bird. True story. Okay. A couple of the times when the bird would get out of the cage when I'm cleaning it and it just starts flying everywhere. I'm the person that's ducking down on the floor, (laughs) praying that the bird would stop flying. 
and okay. will land somewhere and I can put it back in the cage. So most of the times I'll actually have my mom help me with that. So I was cleaning out the cage and then I began to notice that I was sneezing and coughing a lot more. And my parents and I began to think that it was due to allergies. Mm-hmm. So we went out and we did this allergy test and it turned out that yes, I, I was allergic to parakeets and dust mites and stuff like that. And then when the parakeets had passed two or three years later, what I noticed myself doing was repeating the same exact behavior, sneezing, coughing, and stuff like that. So we continued to treat it the same exact way, thinking that it's allergies. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was in my 20s that I realized that what if it's not allergies? What if it's something else? So I decided to change my environment. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that came to mind was after looking at just my daily and weekly and monthly routines, I noticed that there were so many things that were creating kind of unnecessary stress and unnecessary pressures. Mm -hmm. So I asked myself, it'd be really interesting to see how different my life could be if I choose to recognize the pressures. Mm -hmm. So I started to recognize the different pressures the different activities that put me in stressful situations. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, within weeks of that, I actively noticed myself not sneezing, not coughing, not clearing my throat, not cracking my knuckles. Mm -hmm. And in fact, today, I have a completely different relationship with stress because of the fact that I was able to recognize what it meant to be in a stressful situation and what stress really looked like and felt like. Mm -hmm. So identifying what stress was for me was a huge part in helping me cope with stress moving forward. Mm -hmm. And be better as well physically and mentally, which is very, I love that you said story as well, because I think so often we make it, we oh, that's the perfect example actually i think so often we make other things responsible for how mm-hmm. we feel like those external environmental factors yes. we think it's you know that creates an allergy but maybe it's not that right it maybe yeah. it's something it's always something that we create in ourselves or so often something that we create within ourselves well i think the reason why is because stress has a negative connotation yeah and sure. we don't want to acknowledge that so there's that natural pushback with the word that comes that we don't really want to embrace because I genuinely believe that most of us on this planet are positive human beings and that's what we attract to. And the reason why is because I haven't met a single person that if you have a conversation with them long enough and it it is entirely based on kindness, honesty, and love that the person doesn't warm up. Mm -hmm. And that's where I I think stress is interesting because when you change the kind of the definition that you have of it, that's, I think, part of the coping mechanism, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. When I understood what stress was and how, I mean, stress to me, I think it's needed just like anything else. I think the point of life is not to eliminate some of the things and get more of the others. I think the point of life is to embrace it all and then choose to build your life based on the things that you have access to. Mm -hmm. So stress, I think, is not any different than 
happiness, then joy or sadness, whatever it may be. All of those things are part of the human experience. So when I begin to understand that, and part of it, what I also learned that has worked for me is telling myself and really choosing to believe in this, that I'm doing the best that I can with the best that I know. And if the task, let's say, doesn't get completed today, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean I did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I need to put myself in a stressful situation come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or tonight, because a or lot of tonight. people, <laughs> exactly. you know, they just open their laptop again and try to uh, yeah, work more in order to feel that accomplishment or that satisfaction. Exactly. And I think that's, I think that's the thing. The, the message that I continue to tell myself, it, it goes back to the language everything you have a choice in how you define every single one of the words in this life yeah so just because the definition was presented to you in one way that doesn't make it the ultimate thing because everything is individualized all the experiences you've gone you've gone through and how you've dealt and managed and coped with stress may be different from mine but that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make yours right and it doesn't make mine wrong yours just is you figured out what works for you I figured out what works for me and that's the most important part figuring out what works for each and every one of us instead of trying to develop blanket solutions that uh, can be used for all groups because just like we've noticed if we can't find ways to even agree on one thing mm-hmm. how are we going to ever find a way to agree on a solution that supposedly works for everyone mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's i think that's what it all boils down to Um, recognition and then redefining what stress means to you yeah and it's all and you know one of the things i'm thinking about while you say that is it's all mental you know it's all decided in our minds it's all in our brains and um it's it's so powerful to recognize that you know and to to know that that's that's what mental health actually means you know to have a healthy relationship with your mind yes how what the perspective is on the things that happen in your life yeah yeah it's it's one of those things that you i mean you literally can't grab Mm -hmm. you can't grab stress right now yeah it's all in your mind it's all based on i think oftentimes assumptions that you create about the situation that's the other thing that i've learned throughout this journey is that one of the things that I used or that caused a lot of stressful situations for me were just the assumptions that I thought other people had of either me based on what I did or how, um, how I interacted with people. And so sometimes I remember I would catch myself in this loop of, well, I showed up to the meeting on time. I did the things that I could, you know, I, I worked hard on it. So why are they not responding? And this is me literally looking at the clock and having it be five minutes after the meeting was over. Mm. Then I learned that the world doesn't truly revolve around you. That the <laughs> world is a combination of all the, all the different things. Yeah. And that just because someone doesn't, didn't respond five minutes after, or just because someone is late to a meeting five minutes, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It doesn't make you a bad person. You're not wrong. It just is. All of us, travel different paths in life 
-hmm. So the way that we get to whatever destination that we have in our minds is completely different from the way that someone else does that on this planet. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome summary. I love that. Um, one of the things that you do as well is that you speak about diversity and inclusion at mm -hmm. organizations. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious to hear more about what, what you teach or what you talk about, what your message is. What, what is it that you... It's a really good question. What I tended to focus on is really this concept called the power of your story, which mm -hmm. focuses on the principle and the concept of authenticity. So I'm a big believer that when it comes to authenticity, each and every one of us should have a choice in how we view what it needs to be authentic for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what I typically do through this particular journey is I actually take people through every one of the steps. And that is for every one of the letters, I identified steps that have worked for me. So to give you an example, authenticity starts with A. Mm -hmm. For A, what I've put is accept your past. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that in, in my experience, the way I was able to identify what it meant to be authentic is I first had to accept the different elements of my past that have happened within that. Mm -hmm. the, the, the more you break it down and each one gets broken down into other segments, U is understanding you are unique. T is for telling your story. H, heal yourself. So all the different components that you just spoke of as far as investing in yourself, listening to the type of messages that you tell yourself, and then what you tell to others, those are all part of what it means to be authentic to me. Mm -hmm. So what I typically do is I'll take people through those steps. But what I define a successful section or a successful session is one where the speaker, myself in this case, is there to not speak at you, but is there to speak with you. Mm -hmm. I think transformation happens when I give you the opportunity to relate my own experience to your experience. Mm -hmm. When I give you the opportunity to ask yourself questions that I may have asked myself or that I'm currently asking. Because I think it's through questioning and really your relationship with curiosity that you're able to step into this um, perspective of change and new realizations and discovery. Mm -hmm. So I, I've really enjoyed that part of what I do. And, you know, for anyone that's listening, I would love to connect with um, anyone that's ever connected to any of the organizations or universities around the world mm -hmm. that may have an interest for that. What I've also learned is that this concept of story It's relatable to all of us because we all have a story to tell. Yeah. And if given the time and the space, we will do that. Mm -hmm. But very few of us are given that time to be able to tell the stories and not even necessarily the stories that our LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram profiles tell, but the stories that are deep inside of us, mm -hmm. the stories that we don't choose to share because we don't want others to know. Mm -hmm. because we don't want others to think of us any different. Yeah, especially in the work context, you know. I think yes. that's so powerful and makes people with each other so much more relatable if they are open to it. Yeah, think about it this way. So one of the things that I'm learning along this journey of speaking at the different uh, companies and corporations is that there's a big push towards 
kind of making or creating a space where work and home can be one, mm-hmm. where it can be just a, about the whole experience of a human being. But here's the thing, and here's a challenge that I actually want to uh, ask of people who are listening to this show. So if that's the mindset that you're trying to create within the workplace, well, that's the mindset that you have to create, create outside of that. So when it comes to a platform like LinkedIn, for example, mm-hmm. don't just treat it as a professional network. Treat it as your network. Yeah. So the language that you speak, I think, throughout the whole portion of your life should not be different based on the setting that you are in. So if you're at work and you're trying to create this whole person experience, then I think that whole, that thing should also be true wherever you go, whatever you do. That's why for me, I'm a big believer, as I was telling you earlier, of this whole concept of instead of splitting it into professional and personal network, it's just network. Yeah. It's people that I'm going to treat the same exact way. When I talk to you, I'm going to talk to you the same exact way that I talk to my best friend. Mm -hmm. I talk to you the same exact way that I talk to my relative. And that's, I'm going to choose to show up as who I am and be me. There's nothing to hide. There are no masks to wear. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, especially when it comes to work is that people become hesitant to talk about the things that happen outside of work Mm -hmm. because work is not the environment to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I think it's actually, re- it could be a really beautiful definition for work-life integration, you know, yeah. because there's this concept of work-life balance, which, you know, a lot of organizations have obviously grasped and are trying to integrate into their companies. But now more and more people speak about work-life integration instead of balance mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's really beautiful because based on your definition, because, you know, we are all human beings and work is just one part where we are human beings and then life is the other part, but it's both the same. So exactly. And yeah. I, and I think the other thing that's important as part as part of what you just mentioned is that words matter. So the way that you present it does matter. And in this case, when we talk about this whole concept of, you know, if you're passionate about something, then it's not really um, treated as work. We put so much pressure on finding that thing mm-hmm. that you need to be passionate about mm-hmm. because if you don't feel like you're passionate about it, then it becomes stress, yeah. right? So when you think about it, if we just ease the pressure and instead of creating that thing that you got to go after and find somewhere in life, find that passion, find that fire within you, so that your work doesn't have to be your work or your job, but it can be just a part of your life. Mm-hmm. That's why I think, what if we just look at this just as life? Yeah. This and is what you said, to live. Yeah. And I think what you said as well, you know, that your passion has changed so much since when you started yeah. and it's okay. Like it's, you know, it's not always going to be the same and it's going to evolve and it's going to be different and that's okay. You know, you don't have to choose one thing and for the next 50 years that has to, has to be your specific passion. Yes. And you, you are, and you can be passionate about many things. Yeah. In fact, if you think about where you are right now, I can guarantee you can list off probably at least 20 to 50 different things that you're passionate about. Yeah. 
And it's not to say that you have to find that one ultimate thing to commit to. Mm -hmm. The reason why I think passion and purpose work hand in hand is because passion, just ironically enough, it just automatically brings in joy and happiness. Even the word itself. When you think about passion, exactly, exactly. it it puts a smile on your face. When I think of purpose, I think of purpose is not really about finding that one thing or searching your life for it or ever thinking that it's lost Mm -hmm. purpose is to me purpose is about defining any one of the events within your life and making them purposeful Mm -hmm. so purpose i believe is all about defining and then over time you get to refine it but beyond that it's a commitment Mm -hmm. it's a commitment to anything that's why having something that you're passionate about helps because you're already committed to that aspect of happiness. Yeah. You're already committed to that thing that you do that brings a smile to your face that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think oftentimes we say, be passionate about what you do because you're already in your natural state. You don't have to th- think about it when you're smiling. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. have to think about how to smile yeah. or if you're doing it right. You're just doing it. Yeah, and, and everyone else is doing it and everyone else smiles and laughs in different ways mm-hmm. and that's okay and no one judges yeah, yeah absolutely um, I always have a few questions at the end of each podcast that I want to start getting sure. into I feel like the first one you have already kind of answered because you kind of jumped into it right away at the beginning of the podcast. But the first question uh-huh. I always have, and I still want to ask it to you again, is mm-hmm. what are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? I think what I'm most grateful for is to be able to have the perspective that I have of life. Mm-hmm. And that is understanding that everything happens for a reason as long as I choose to give it a reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for, um, I'm, gra- <coughs> I'm grateful for myself. I'm grateful for the ability to believe that I have what it takes to achieve whatever it is that I envision. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for people within my network that really played a big role in helping me who I am and understanding that I um, am valued by others. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I choose to actively be grateful for on a daily basis because you just never know when any of those variables may change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. And do you have any wisdoms or like things that you live by, like three things that, you know, have maybe really defined you as like, you know, I'm, I'm going towards like wisdoms, like quotes or things that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I feel like you talk a lot about mindset, which I think mm-hmm. is really powerful, but I, I'm curious to hear what you, what comes up for you when you hear that. So when I think of that, I actually related back to my parents. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents played critical roles in helping me identify these principles that I choose to live my life by. So my dad, when I was in sixth grade and I was sitting at a dinner table with him, we're solving a math problem. Well, let me put it this way. I was hoping that he could solve the math problem for me. <laughs> so I can just go outside and play with my friends. Instead, my dad chose to do something that has impacted me forever. And that is he pulled out a white sheet of paper and he said, son, I won't solve this for you, but we can solve it together. 
So we sat there, we solved the problem. And it was during that process when we were solving it, he had passed on a message that has literally become a cornerstone of who I am today. And that is, he said, son, never say you can't do something in life. Hmm. 14 years after hearing that phrase, I literally live by it. I'm a firm believer that you, you can accomplish whatever it is that you envision in your life. Whatever you set your mind to, as long as there is a will, there is a way. Mm-hmm. My mom taught me a lesson called never sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. This was right before I was going in for my internship, sophomore year of college. During that summer, I was pursuing an internship at a Russian translation or a translation agency, mm-hmm. translating Russian documents. Remember, I went into it, and for the first week or so, I followed orders and I did the different things. And then I just sensed this wasn't me. I just, I can't do this. And that's when her phrase really became powerful because it allowed me to understand that I was selling myself short in that case. Mm-hmm. I was putting myself in a position where, sure, it might have helped down the line with paying paying bills and making ends meet, but it wasn't allowing me to step into the ultimate person of who I am Mm -hmm. and and being the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. So both of those messages played a really big role in this mindset of quote unquote, overcoming whatever the adversity is. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the more I even think about the name to begin with of overcoming odds, the reason why it resonates so much with me is because that's who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, all, every single one of us have odds to overcome. Yeah. But yet I continue to find a way. And as part of it, I also think it's important to reach back out and to inspire other people that you can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. No matter how severe the adversity is. So what that you can't make a house payment today? Or you, not, you may not have food for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You can still find a way. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes it's not the most pleasant way. But at the same time, think about it this way. The things that you imagine that are unpleasant are only unpleasant because you haven't experienced that before. Mm-hmm. You can find joy within, within everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Same way you can find gratitude within everything that you do. Yeah. So I think it's a whole matter of perspective at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And do you have any books that really formed or shaped you as a person? Yeah. So there's one in front of me right now. It's called um, The Art of Possibility. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting book uh, for many different reasons. But one of the biggest ones that I'm learning through it is cultivating a mindset through which you give yourself the opportunity to think with abundance and within the sphere, within the sphere of possibility. So the story that I shared with you multiple times throughout this and prior to our recording, the whole concept of this possible came from that book. Mm-hmm. And really what I've learned is that there's an exercise that the book starts off with. And it's probably an exercise is an exercise that you were familiar with. It's you have a square nine dots and the exercise is that you have to connect all nine dots with four straight lines mm-hmm. without lifting your pen. Mm-hmm. And it's literally not possible to do it within the box. Mm -hmm. The way that you accomplish it is you have to go outside of the box Mm -hmm. and draw the four lines. Mm 
which is also very relatable to life. Mm-hmm. Any situation that you have, anything that you really have in front of you, oftentimes we tend to think within the square. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you expand it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you expand your possibilities. You start to see new opportunities instead of seeing the same problems. You start to develop new perspectives. Um, Think and Grow Rich is another book that did the same exact thing for me. Mm -hmm. I read it three times. Each one of the times I got three different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And yet it's the same exact words and same exact pages every single time. Yeah. A lot of it has to do, I think, where you are in life. And yeah. what you are, what you are ready, and what you are willing to receive. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. And so, what's next for you in 2020? We just started the year, so I'm sure, mm-hmm. as as I know you now a little bit better, I'm sure you've sat down and you wrote down goals and things that you would like to do this year. What's what would you like to do? What's next for me is actually a goal that I'm staring at in front of me, and it is a goal that I drew and um, put in front of me on the wall. And it's a drawing of me holding a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book called The Genius Within Us. And the genius is our story that each and every one of us has. Mm-hmm. It's a goal that I'm going to accomplish either May or June of this year mm-hmm. and be able to share with others. For me, writing a book, just like I said earlier in this podcast, It's not about making money. It's more so about sharing a story that connects to, I think, every single one of us to a degree. And it's (coughs) providing a space for other people to be seen, to be heard, and ultimately to understand that they can be whoever it is that they dream of or envision of. Mm. You know, that we can be our own inspiration and we can be an inspiration to each other. Mm. And I think it's a choice to think like that. But beyond it, when it comes to the story, the reason why that topic resonates so much with me is because it's available to every single one of us at any time. Yeah. You don't have to go out there. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to go buy a course to access your story. Mm -hmm. Your story is with you everywhere you go, everything you do. It's there every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And you have a choice in how you tell that story. Mm-hmm. So when I spoke of that past, are you going to let your past events define who you can be today or in the future? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to use that as a foundation to learn from and identify lessons and takeaways? What is there really for me? To, what can I learn from my past? That's the question that I started to ask myself. What can I learn from every one of the experiences? And then I would isolate every single one of them. And the more I started to do that and the more I started to write and speak about it, the more real it became. And that's where I just noticed myself becoming a completely different person and not being tied down to elements of my past or what identified me as a nine-year-old kid when I lived in those circumstances yeah so if people would like to work with you or would like to reach out to you how would they best do that the best way so personally people can do what you and i have done and that is to connect through linkedin 
Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, people can find us through our website, and that is overcomingodds.today. On it, you'll be able to see different ways that you can engage in sharing your story, listening to any of the podcasts, or being able to attend any of the events that we have in person around the country here in the United States. Um, those are really the primary ways that people can get in touch with any form of social media also works in finding us. So for anyone that's interested and was able to connect to any parts of the story, I would love to connect with. And as you might be able to relate, I'm an open book when it comes to it. Um, I always give people the time and the energy to process and I always try to meet them where they are in life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actively try not to judge because I don't think judgment gets us any closer to connection or understanding. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're going through, just know that there's some other individual that is either going through it or has gone through it. Mm -hmm. That the challenges or the different, even the moments of joys and happiness, that there's some other individual in this world that has experienced a similar thing in this life. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited that we've met and that our um, paths have crossed and I'm really excited to see um, your book. And I also would encourage everyone that would like to learn more about you to watch your TED talk. Um, and I, because I think you share a lot about your own personal story in there as well. And yeah, I'm super excited for you. Super excited that we are both on the same path with the book writing and editing and all these different things. So good luck with the book. And yeah, I'm super grateful to have you here on the podcast today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on and giving me this opportunity to share it with you and, and the community that you're building. I think what you're doing is awesome. I think what you're doing is worthwhile and I think what you're doing is definitely um, value-centered and I think that's the most important perspective to have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Oleg. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.